Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Happy hump day, everybody. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Coming up, a lot of trade talk. Who to buy low on, who to sell high. Are we buying the breakout? I asked our, uh, uh, asked the Twitter followers, if you were rewriting your 2019 breakouts column, who would you lead with? And it took like uh, eight answers before we got Dalvin Cook, which of course is the right answer. I eliminated Lamar Jackson and Austin Eckler from the discussion. So we're going to talk a ton about their trade value. We're going to preview the Thursday night game. And we have a very, very disappointing email, a fantasy regulators email that just makes me sad that we're going to read later on in the show. I am Adam Azer, and of course it's Wednesday, so the Heath is on. What's up, Heath? Feels like I've been forever since I talked to you. I am very happy to see your face and hear your voice, and Aww. I can't wait to spend in the next hour with you. I also think you did a really terrible job oh. at our fab last night. <laughs> Why? But what I that's do. okay. I appreciate the fact that you're doing it, and I that's like I don't have to do the 19th team. Yeah. So I'm not even going to complain about it. Too much. I put in too much on Mason Rudolph. Uh, yeah, you spent a third of our budget on Mason Rudolph. Is it's he a two- fourth quarterback? <laughs> it's a it's a two QB league. Well, it's a it's a super, it's a flex, super, league. super flex league. And we we had Ben Roethlisberger and Derek Carr as our backup quarterback. So yeah, I I wanted a third guy on the team. So I'm sorry, Heath. I apologize. But yes, you are welcome for since I did. Hey, I think that was a smart call. Thank you. Thank you. By the I'm way, not Ben particularly excited about Mason Rudolph. I think Ben needs intro music, don't you? What is it? This is How do we feel about this? This is Ben Folds 5. This is the only thing no, I can think I, of. I know right who now. it is. <laughs> I know. How how do we feel about Ben Folds 5 on this podcast? I don't know if we've ever had this discussion. I whatever. You know. But I am extre- extremely hot and cold on Ben Folds 5. Like I can either feel like man these guys are geniuses or I would like to punch all of them in the face. I just don't understand how Ben didn't know Ben Folds 5. Like Ben didn't know that? No, Ben doesn't know anything. I'm supposed to know everything that might have my no. name related to it? Yes, yes. And you're supposed to know something about pop culture. Like, right. come on. The one, that, the one that everyone has done my whole life is Benny and the Jets. So that's uh, next right. week you'll have to cue that. Next week, Benny and the that, Jets. That would have been much, much better, actually. <laughs> that probably would have been. <laughs> Probably would have been. All right, you know, uh, we're going to reflect at some point soon that this week, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, uh, Eli Manning, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. We don't know for sure about Cam, but it's a good chance they're all out. We know three of them are going to be out. Kyle Allen, uh, Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, Daniel Jones are in. Now, forget about the Giants situation, but we could just have a lot less offense this week. So we'll get into that in a second. Let's do buy low and sell high. Heath, who's... Your favorite buy low. And let's give a few names. Uh, you know, we'll go one one at a time. But first round, Heath, buy low. So we're doing like multiple favorites. My favorite buy low right now is Michael Thomas. I don't believe that Teddy Bridgewater is going to kill his value. Not at all. We've seen Bridgewater with worse weapons and a worse offense be a basically league average quarterback. He really likes to drop back, back and dump it off quick. of his targets went to Thomas after he came into the game on Sunday. I still expect Michael Thomas to be a top five wide receiver in PPR. If anyone's concerned about his value, I will gladly take him off your plate. Are you extending that to a non-PPR where I think with these teams, 
they're just going to score fewer touchdowns, you'd have to think, with their backup quarterback. So I get it in PPR. I would, but yeah. I would still buy low on Michael Thomas in non-PPR. I would not buy as high. Okay, so... like. All right, that's that's fine. Let me just ask. I you, still think he's top you, eight. Okay, so who who's a guy you might give? Would you give up Chris Godwin for Michael Thomas? In a heartbeat. Okay, uh, Ben, you're up. First round of buy low. Oh, my favorite buy low this week is Royce Freeman. I mean, we know that he was like it's hard to remember this, but he was drafted in the second round as opposed to Phil Lindsay being you know the UDFA last year. He's almost fifty pounds heavier, has better agility numbers, is only a tenth of a second. Uh, was only a tenth of a second slower in the 40. He's a way better size-adjusted athlete, way better to handle the NFL, the rigors of the NFL. And one of the big underrated uh, early season trends we've seen is that the Broncos aren't using a third back. Last year, Devontae Booker played just over, uh, just under 20 snaps per game in games that he was active, like 19 point something. Royce Freeman was right around 22 snaps per game in the games where he was active, and, and Lindsey was at about 30 snaps per game. So they, even though they had both those guys, they were working in Booker in a pass-catching role. In the first two games, Devontae Booker has played almost no snaps whatsoever. We've seen Lin- And Lindsey, for that reason, is also an interesting buy. But we've seen Lindsey and Royce really dominate the backfield. This week, Joe Flacco threw 14 targets to those two guys. They both got seven targets. Freeman was a lot better, had over 100 total yards. And Flacco, we've seen do that throughout his career, dump off a lot of passes. A couple of years ago, when he actually was a 16-game starter, both Alex Collins, I believe it was, as the as the lead running back, and Javorius Allen as the pass catching back were top twenty four backs in fantasy. Yeah, Ben, I, I just I guess I wonder if we have a situation where both of these guys are just too involved, and unless one of them gets hurt, we basically have two flex options. So, am I buying low on Royce Freeman, who's not going to be a must start guy? You know, are either of these guys going to be must starts? Yeah, I think the situation's better. Like I said two years ago, Baltimore had two backs in a not very good offense, had two backs finish in the top 24 end of season in PPR particularly, but it's because of all those targets, 14 targets, seven to each of them. If one of them gets hurt, there's massive upside. If neither of them does, I think it's a better situation than last year because of the way Flacco likes to target the position so much. All right. uh, My buy low is still Mike Evans. Not surprised he had a bad game and it was terrible. Four catches for 61 yards at Carolina. First game was awful, under 30 yards. Mike Evans did have two instances last season where he had back-to-back games with less than 60 yards and no touchdowns. Two straight bad games. It happened twice last year. He still finished as wide receiver six in non-PPR, wide receiver nine in PPR. Um, And he's got the Giants this week. That's a get-right game. I do see some potentially difficult matchups coming up, like New Orleans and then Carolina again. But he had two good games. He had one great game and one good game against New Orleans last year. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm just going to believe in Mike Evans. I'm going to call him a buy low. Heath, round two of buy low. Oh, I thought we were going to the sell highs now. Crap. Not yet. Not yet. Do you need to do you... N- round two? I'll, I'm going to go. Th- this is a snake draft. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Obviously a snake in. draft. I want to I want to talk about Miles Sanders uh, a little bit more. I think I talked about him last week on the show. I, I know I wrote him up in Stealing Signals last week as well, and he wasn't very good this week again. But he started again, and he led the team in snaps again. Uh, he didn't lead the team in routes this week. Darren Sproles ran a few more routes, but he still ran a really healthy route percentage for a, a back in a committee, and he's run more routes through two weeks than Sproles. He also got rush attempts inside the 10-yard line on two separate drives, 
He seems to be their preferred back in, in close. He has four of their five touches inside the 10-yard line. Their running back touches inside the 10-yard line on the season. I thought Jordan Howard would be that guy, but they're already starting Miles Sanders. They're already using him in close. He had a touchdown called back to a holding penalty where he looked really good in week one. His production is not there at all yet, but essentially his role to me is no different than a guy like on Johnson's where he's going to lose a little bit of work. This is always going to be a committee, but he's a talented back. The production hasn't been there yet, but the, the opportunity that we want has. He's been starting. He's been getting the in-close touches, and he's been running a good amount of routes. All right. Yeah, the only thing I, I worry is they've kind of talked a little bit this week about how he's not hitting the holes they want him to, and he's bouncing it outside too much. I hope he doesn't lose touches, but I do still think like he's a good buy low. I, I've got one now, and it was a guy I was really low on in draft season, but I think now's the time to buy low on Kyler Murray. He's the number 18 quarterback in standard CBS leagues. He's actually been outscored by Gardner Minshew, Marcus Mariota, and Andy Dalton. I would anticipate with the volume they're getting – if you're someone that just lost your starting quarterback, and let's face it, like a third of the league did, it's pretty likely the guy who drafted Kyler Murray also drafted another quarterback. That other quarterback has probably been better than Murray so far. I might try to make an offer for Murray. I don't think you will get any disagreement from Ben. I know that's another guy that Ben wanted to buy low on, Kyler Murray. Uh, he has only 17 rushing yards so far this season, so we haven't seen him use his legs yet, but... Uh, yeah, they are they are throwing a ton. They they are a fast paced team. And it's excellent. So the five by lows we gave you are Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Royce Freeman, Miles Sanders, and Kyler Murray. And I, I don't know if everybody agrees on all of them, but I think there's general consensus there. I I, I did push back on the Royce Freeman thing a little bit. I I would say he's been a, yeah. I it, the arrow is pointing up for him. I thought he was trash. He's not. But you know, I just kind of. I, philosophically, guys, he scored. I, I don't real, like. But yeah, real, real quick on yeah. 40, one more one, one more point on Freeman. I wanted to mention because he he wasn't good last year. But you got to remember in college, this guy was an absolute dominant performer. Had over 800 receiving yards at the college level, which is elite performance for a bigger back. And had uh, I, I believe it was 5600 rushing yards, 64 touchdowns over four seasons. He averaged 16 touchdowns a year. This guy has the potential to be this elite like size. Uh, size, speed, receiving, do it all back. He has all of that in his repertoire. If something happens to Lindsey, who's a small back, and I don't believe necessarily just because of a one season has shown that he can hold up to the NFL, uh, you know, the, the rigors of an NFL season. If something happens to him, Royce Freeman will win leagues this year with Joe and, Flacco throwing that many targets to the running back position. And, and as far as how bad he was last year, they've been pretty clear that he was playing most of the season on a high ankle sprain and still broke more tackles on fewer touches than Philip Lindsay did. Still picked up more yards after contact on fewer touches than Philip Lindsay. That's Lindsay's because did. nobody touched so, Philip Lindsay. Like, I think there's Royce a pretty Fre good chance Royce Freeman's better running back than Philip Lindsay. I think that I think no. Really good chance. I I I think it's possible. I'm not I think you guys are selling Philip Lindsay like a little were, bit short. Philip Lindsay was elite last year. He was amazing last yes. year. No, and, and an underrated prospect in his own right. I, yes. I agree. He's not just small. Bad. All right. Well, listen, I would not recommend starting both of them in Fandle. I think that would be a really bad idea. But since fantasy football season is in full swing, there are more ways to win money on Fanduel than ever. Every single game, every single week. If you've never played on Fanduel, hey, why don't you sign up? Fanduel.com slash FFT. Fanduel.com slash FFT. What you do is you go, you make a $20 deposit, and you get an extra $5 in site credit 
every week for four weeks. So that's a $20 deposit and a $20 bonus. $5 a week for four weeks. I play a $5 50-50 every week. I'm 2-0, and so I make my, that money right there, and then I can use that money in, in tournaments and, and whatnot. FanDuel.com slash FFT. If you have injuries, if you have crappy teams, don't worry about it. Just go on FanDuel. Get a new lineup every single week. It is a ton of fun. Heath is going to have like over 100 lineups every week. He loves DFS. We all love DFS, some more than others. You can play high stakes. You can play for a dollar, whatever you want. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make that $20 deposit and uh, get the $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. That's at FanDuel.com slash FFT or just download the FanDuel app. All right, Heath, I think you're excited about selling high. Yeah, I'm selling high on the number one wide receiver in non-PPR leagues so far this season. It's John Ross. He, I am impressed that he was able to follow up his week one performance with another one. I'm more open to the idea that he might actually be someone you could use maybe as a flex for the remainder of the season. I'm not buying into the level of production that we've gotten so far. And I am more than willing to sell him if somebody thinks that they're going to be able to treat him as a top 24 wide receiver. Maybe I'll sell him to Ben. Ben is John Ross. Well, top no, yeah, I mean, he's obviously going to regress from what he's done so far. I, I don't think that's a bold thing. Yeah, obviously. Top 24 with, with, rest of the season. With AJ Green coming back. So. What do you I, think? Just, I don't think he's going to be the wide receiver one at the end of the year. No, I, I don't think he can but, say that. No, no. Do you think he'll be the top, a top 24 wide receiver from this point forward? Probably not. Yeah, okay. I think that's a fair point. If you can get that kind of value, yeah, I think he's probably a sell. But uh, especially with AJ Green coming back, like, like Adam said. Like, I would rather still rather have Tyler Boyd than John Ross. And I think that's yeah, a trade you could possibly make. Uh, who are you selling high on, Ben? I'll do T.Y. Hilton. I mean, anybody who ha- has scored a lot of touchdowns, and, and Adam, the guy I know that you're about to talk about, would probably be even higher for me. But uh, T.Y. Hilton, two touchdowns in week one, pretty solid game with Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Brissett's going to kill his uh, profile, but Indianapolis has been the run heaviest team through two weeks in like neutral situations, early down neutral situations. Uh, they're running a ton. They even ran while, while trailing a lot in week one. They want to be a ball control offense. They want their good offensive line and their defense to be able to win them games. Now that they no longer have Andrew luck. Hilton gets another late touchdown last week to go to three touchdowns through two weeks. I do think he's going to have his boom games, but I I think his, his volume is going to be pretty inconsistent throughout the year. So he's a guy that if you can get decent return now that he's had two solid games, scored three touchdowns, I'd, I'd sell him. All right. Would you rather have T.Y. Hilton or Tyler Boyd? Boyd. I'll take Hilton. All right. My guy is Derrick Henry, <laughs> and I just might be a fool all year. I don't know, but... I just think in this day and age, a running back who does not catch passes, and he's got three catches in two games, is a risky, risky running back. So, you know, I think he might be all right on Thursday. We're going to preview that game. He's a top 12 running back in in non-PPR for everybody, but certainly in PPR. And it's just the way that people have valued Derrick Henry. Some people taking him in the second round, the third round, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I know that there are a lot of people, a lot of fantasy players who just love Derrick Henry. And I'm, I just, I am not there yet. I am not buying it. So, so far a great start, 80 yards and a touchdown in two straight games, rushing yards with a little with a 75 yard touchdown catch, which obviously he's not going to get. Um, yeah, I'm selling high and I'm selling really high. Like if you could get Todd Gurley for Derrick Henry, which you might sit there and go, you crazy. Nobody's doing that. I guarantee some people would, um, would you guys take carry on Johnson over Derrick Henry? Yep. 
Uh, I, I'm really struggling with, like, I mostly agree with you, but every week this happens, we get closer to the sample size of him being a stud running back. Um, I know, I know. Over the last year and a half being bigger th- or as big as the same. Like, we're still a ways away from that happening. But like, on Johnson, I'm not sure that his role is going to be any more valuable than Derrick Henry's is. I kind of almost think that CJ Anderson getting cut and Ty Johnson being the number two is going to be worse for Johnson because Johnson, it might be because Ty Johnson's going to take more of the pass catching work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so and, all right. So I, then, so then I'd rather have Henry and, and I actually wow. have Henry ranked ahead of Gurley this week. So that's fine, but I'd rather have Gurley rest of season. And, uh, I think Joe Mixon. That was a good is, Joe, point. Joe Mixon is the is the obvious guy to go get. By the way, if you have Derrick Henry, I would give him up for Mixon. To me, sure, uh, that's a good one. I, I just wanted to say he made made good points. This is becoming a larger sample. I've always been kind of a Henry hater, but I, it's the the high value touch stuff that I've talked so much about. He gets none of it. Adam, you you mentioned the the receptions. They're not there ever. And just so much of his workload is low value touches. You, you have to rely on him breaking a long touchdown. And I, I just, I struggle with it too, but he's right. He, he's done that a lot. So maybe he's just uh, a huge anomaly, which wouldn't be crazy because look at his like size and speed. He is an anomaly as a, as an athlete. So yeah, who knows? No, I, I, I'm starting to think I could be wrong on Henry. That's why I'm saying if you're selling high, it should be for someone like Joe Mixon. It should be for someone like Todd Gurley. Uh, it should be for someone that that you if you don't like those guys, then fine. But it should be for someone that you think is great. And I think you can right. get that for Derrick Henry. Guys, we are way behind. So give me each of you one more sell high candidate and uh, then we'll move on to the big news. We got to talk about Cam Newton and, and Antonio Brown and all this stuff and uh, some 2019 I- breakouts and more. Go ahead, Ben. Henry was my other one. I'm going to oh, need right. a quick second. So let's go to Heath. Okay, yeah, I've got this one ready. I am ready for the sell highs today. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. Uh, I'm a little bit disturbed by his lack of a role in the passing game. Just a 4.8% target share in his first two games. This is a team that's going to be playing from behind more often than not. And his next four games, Bears, Packers, Colts, uh, Vikings. <laughs> if he I, plays. Not in that order. And he's hurt. Not in that order. Uh, yeah, and and he's kind of hurt, so I I'd be selling high on Jacobs. But what do you make of the fact that none of the running backs are catching passes? Because Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington have two catches each, and Jacobs is one. Uh, Gruden told Carr repeatedly during the preseason and talked told reporters that he wanted him to throw downfield and stop dumping the ball off so much. Okay, he's throwing the ball downfield. Ben, I got I got it I got to sell high here. <laughs> uh, Carlos Hyde, people are like really excited about Carlos Hyde again. He looked good uh, in, in a lot more work this week against Jacksonville. He got 20 touches, but also only one, t- uh, excuse me, no targets, one green zone touch, wasn't able to punch it in for a touchdown. 19 of those 20 touches were the low value rush attempts that I always harp against. If this is a good situation for Hyde where he dominates the game and he gets 20 carries and he runs for 4.5 yards a carry, and he only gets you nine fantasy points because he catches no passes and doesn't get into the end zone and, and only gets 90 rushing yards, and that's all you're getting. You're not getting anything else. You're not getting any other you know, fantasy points from receptions or from receiving yards or anything else. If that's a good game for him, that's not a guy you want. That's exactly the definition of the, of the trap back that we've talked about before. 90 rushing yards, nine fantasy points. He had a good game in real football. He did not have a good fantasy game. 
All right, some things to promote. The iTunes mailbag. We have some of your iTunes questions coming up later in the show. So just go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Give us a nice five-star review, and um, you can ask a question, and we'll read a lot of them on the mailbag show that airs Saturday, but we'll read some today as well. We have our Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today on Facebook. We're giving away T-shirts. If you can see the post, it's pinned. Uh, if you can come up with the best team name this week, that's the T-shirt contest. You'll get a T-shirt. Some of the uh, some of the ones that we've highlighted so far: Lamus Wince Nun, uh, Country Roads Take Mahomes. I was gonna sing it, but not feeling it right now. Hot Chub Time Machine. That's always a good one. Saving Matt Ryan. Saving Matt Ryan's funny. I like Saving Matt Ryan. It needs a good avatar. Uh, if you think you can do better than that. By all means, go to our Facebook group, leave your funny team name, and we'll pick our favorite ones. And by the way, 85% of them are perverted, so those probably aren't going to win. But you all are sick people. Sick, sick people. And CBS Sports (laughs) HQ, uh, not only do we have the afternoon show, but we also have a Tuesday night show, Wednesday night show. I have to check the full schedule, but um, I'll I'll update you all on that. But CBS Sports HQ, just watch it on your Roku, your Apple TV, your Amazon Fire, CBS Sports HQ, dot com uh wherever you watch connected device watch hq live noon eastern every day fantasy football today uh the video show and then you can see replays of that later on if you were rewriting your 2019 breakout story who would you lead with oh wait we have to do the big news we have to do the big news i skipped that here we go cam newton has a foot injury he's uncertain for week three Kyle Allen could start in his place. Allen did have a very nice game 28 fantasy points in week 17 against the saints who were resting a lot of their offensive starters, unclear how much they rested their defensive starters. I, I read the recap today. I know they played some of their studs for like the first half. But regardless, he scored a rushing touchdown, 228 passing yards and two touchdowns. Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore both had good games. Tight end Ian Thomas had a good game. Uh, Heath, what's the impact here of Cam Newton's foot injury? It's not good, obviously. This was supposed to be the get-right game against a defense that hasn't stopped anybody yet. Um, I don't know, though, how much I'm going to negatively downgrade the Panthers' weapons if we're talking about a one-week start for Kyle Allen. He was fine in his only start last year. Uh, did tight end, did target the right guys. We didn't see him with McCaffrey, but I think that he is good enough to lead this offense against that defense. Specifically, Greg Olson against Arizona was our favorite waiver wire ad. Um, This Arizona defense has given up the number one tight end performance in non-PPR each of the first two weeks of the season. I think DJ Moore will still be fine. Curtis Samuel scored a touchdown with Allen. I'd be a little bit more concerned about him just because of target share, but mostly I'm just okay with the Panthers. What will be really, to me, more interesting is if Cam practices Thursday and then practices Friday with all the injuries we've had at quarterback, are we sitting Cam Newton against the Arizona Cardinals? I just don't think he's going to run. I would play him. I Well, I want to see him sit, to be quite honest, be, be, as a Cam owner. Because yeah. he needs to run. And he's not going to run with this damn foot injury. So get healthy, you know? Get healthy. And I, what would you tell the Cam Newton owner right now? Is he a drop no, I'm not dropping him. I'm making other plans for this week, but I'm not dropping him. Yeah, it depends how shallow your league is. If it's a really shallow league where you can't really justify carrying two quarterbacks, I can see it. There's a lot of vi- you know viable quarterbacks, but uh, I can see dropping him. But in, in any kind of deeper league, I would want to hold him if I could. 
Well, instead of starting Dak Prescott over Cam, I'll just start D.D. Westbrook, right? <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown, his status is uncertain. He is the most traded player in CBS Sports Leagues. So we'll look at the most traded list. But Heath, have you have you ranked Antonio Brown this week? Are you assuming he will play as of right now, Wednesday morning? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he will play and, and ruin the value of the other Patriots. I've got him as my number 24 wide receiver right now. Edelman's at 29 and Josh Gordon's at like 40. I, I hate this situation. Each week, I'm going to be terribly wrong about one of these wide receivers, and I'm going to be right about two of them. And it's kind of gross, but for now, you assume Brown's playing. Okay. Jalen Ramsey expected to play on Thursday unless they trade him. Deshaun Jackson will not have surgery for an abdominal strain, but he is out two weeks. Alshon Jeffrey, of course, may not play this week. Nelson Aguilar was a big-time priority on the waiver wire. Uh, he was the first guy on waivers in, a, uh, in a, some of my leagues last night, maybe the second. Uh, Trevor Simeon out for the season with an ankle injury. Sam Darnold said he... Oh, Sam Darnold said he went in the other room and started screaming into a pillow and punching the pillow as hard as he could when he saw Trevor Simeon got hurt. And that is my move. That is what I do when I am mad at sports. I go upstairs to the bedroom and I beat the crap out of a pillow. And I, yeah. And cry. I don't cry. I can can absolutely picture you in your room punching a pillow, crying. I assume the pillow has a Heath face on it. (laughs) Um, Like This is an image we've all got in our heads. I just thought Sam Darnold and I have so much in common, but he could be back after the bye. And I've never had mono, and neither has Heath. He had a, a cold for two weeks. And uh, all right, that's uh, those are your big news items. If you were rewriting your 2019 breakout story, who would you lead with? You know who I would lead with? I would lead with the SeatGeek app. The SeatGeek app is where you need to go if you want tickets. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's like they're so big, they just don't even care about the customer experience. But SeatGeek is not like that. SeatGeek cares. SeatGeek, you look at the reviews in the App Store, they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. If you want to save 10 bucks on your first purchase, you go to SeatGeek, you find the event you want, you buy your tickets, and you type in FFT. FFT is the promo code for 10 bucks off. So basically, SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web. You don't have to go to different sources. You go to one source, and SeatGeek brings all all the tickets in, rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10, and displays them on an interactive seat map. And I can tell you that when I search for events, first place I go is SeatGeek. Sometimes I'll search other sites. SeatGeek has the the, the best prices. And I basically just search the site so I can confirm it, so I can tell you SeatGeek is where it's at. That's where you want to go. And every ticket, by the way, every purchase is fully guaranteed. So download that uh, SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FFT. Get 10 bucks off your first purchase. That promo code FFT on SeatGeek. All right, guys, are you buying the breakout? Philip says Mark Andrews would lead his breakout column. He has had two 100-yard games with a touchdown, eight catches in both games, 16 catches on 17 targets, I, I believe. And he's at Kansas City this week. Uh, ben, are you buying the Mark Andrews breakout? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, he has a very obvious connection with Lamar Jackson. But another concern was that he wouldn't necessarily play the full amount. Well, Jackson's also hitting the other tight ends. We're also seeing Jackson's uh, preference for throwing to the tight end position carry over. Marquise Brown's obviously been great. But uh, we've seen the other tight ends involved as well. So it's not really that big of a concern that, that Andrews is sharing some routes and some targets because Jackson really likes that position. He's the lead guy there. Definitely buying it. Okay. Now, yeah. if, if we think, but if we think Lamar Jackson's a sell high, is Mark Andrews also a sell high? 
I, I didn't say Wait, Lamar who thinks Jackson Lamar Jackson's a sell high? You don't think he's a sell Everybody thinks Lamar Jackson's a sell high. Well, everybody on no. this show has. We haven't been on this show. I disagree. Uh, are you telling me, Heath, that you don't think Lamar Jackson is a sell high? It depends on what you're talking. Like, if you could sell him for a number one running back, sure. A number one wide receiver, sure. Well, right, yeah. If you're getting top three quarterback value after two weeks, yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily play in leagues where the the value changes that much, or I, I don't expect the value to have changed that much. And where I have him, I'm expecting top. I, I like, I would have him in top three rest of the season quarterback. Okay, I have three Lamar Jackson trades from our listeners. Okay, the first one is from Stefan. He has Jared Goff. He gave up Lamar Jackson and Raheem Mostert for David Johnson. Yeah, make that trade. Yep. What? <laughs> Man, okay. The second one is from Matt. He gave up Lamar Jackson, Carrion Johnson, Allen Robinson, and 15% of his fab. He owns Tom Brady, by the way. He gave up Lamar Jackson, Carrion Johnson, Allen Robinson, and 15% of his fab. He got Kamara and Thielen. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. That. Yeah, of course. That's amazing. From yeah. what do you mean? I don't know if that's a, a like, a, like I don't know if there's going to be a huge difference between Thielen and Robinson. Don't say that. Please don't say that. Sure. Please I don't agree say with that. that. Well, how can come on? Come on. They, they were six no, rounds apart. I was more I Five was rounds. more concerned by the Vikings second week passing performance than I was their first week passing performance because what I, I knew and Ben said this last week we just saw the floor. They're not going to throw 10 passes in a game again. They probably won't throw fewer than 20 passes in a game. But we saw a game where the Vikings trailed throughout. They were playing from behind throughout, and Kirk Cousins threw 32 passes. If 32 right. passes is the ceiling, Adam it's Thielen not his is in ceiling. big-time trouble. That's not his ceiling. They didn't have oh, the ball pretty, that much. I, I think they didn't have the ball that much. Ceiling. I don't think well, Adam Thielen is in that thing much you trouble. Can say, one thing you can say in his defense is him and Diggs both it's such a concentrated passing offense. They both are right. targeted plenty. They had 89% of the team's air yards. They're the only downfield options in town. Right, right, right. So that, I mean, that does help. The they combine for 89%. You don't see two players combine for 89% of a team's air yards. That's crazy. Well, you, well yeah, when they only have 73 air yards, it's the, the bars are the lower. <laughs> Is that all they had? No, I was just oh, being smart. Oh, oh my God. I, that could have been true. I don't know. Uh, okay, so somebody gave up Lamar Jackson and David Montgomery for Saquon Barkley. Well, okay, yes. So this is what we're talking okay. about. Like th these trades right. are happening. They are happening. Okay, you okay, fine, you fine, are fine, you fine, are talking fine. about though people getting more for Lamar Jackson than we would have told you to give for Patrick Mahomes before the season. Sure. I, look, yeah. I, I know that those trades would not happen in our leagues, but I know that they are happening in a lot of leagues. It just ha it's just what happens. But okay, so to clarify, the reason Mark Andrews is not a sell high with Lamar Jackson is because I don't think you can get the number one overall running back for Mark Andrews. Yeah, get, let rank these guys rest of season. Let's go Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard. Ingram, Andrews, Howard. Yeah, that's tough. It's definitely Ingram first. I yeah, I might have to take Andrews over Howard too. I'm not completely out on Howard yet though. All right, 509 Hawks guy. If you were rewriting your 2019 breakout story, who would you leave with? 509 Hawks guy says rookie wide receivers need their own section. So which rookie wide receiver is your favorite? It's got to be Marquise Brown. He's been so productive. He was the, the first receiver taken in the draft. 
And yes, he only played the, the 14 snaps and ran the eight routes in week one. Immediately in week two, he jumped all the way up to a full a full slate of snaps and routes and was, again, uh, the, the number one receiving option for Jackson. It's definitely got to be him, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Marquise Brown, but I do think like relative to their current perception, I'm more interested in acquiring Terry McLaurin. And I yep. was totally whiffed on him during the draft process and have loved everything that he's done so far. I do think he has a better chance to dominate targets in Washington than Marquise Brown does. And he doesn't have the same perception right now, even though his production it hasn't been that much different through two weeks. So and I'm buying both, but I'd rather buy McLaurin. You like them better than, obviously, Brown. But DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, he, also in that group. Metcalf yeah, is yeah. behind those for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Metcalf's behind too for me. But again, yeah, this this guy's not wrong. The rookie wide receiver class has been awesome. All oh, those yeah, guys terrific. are... Yeah. Oh, all right. Kenny Galladay from Michael. Kenny Galladay would lead his breakout uh, story and this is great. I was nervous about Kenny Galladay. So far, Marvin Jones has not been a factor. But 19 targets in two games. A little disappointing against Arizona in Week One. Four catches, 42 yards, but he did score. Huge game against the Chargers. Eight catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown at Philadelphia this week. Do we think Kenny Galladay is truly breaking out? Is he uh, becoming a, a just a true stud? I don't think this is any different than what we saw in the past. I mean, I think he's a legitimate number one receiver. Uh, week one, they had a ton of extra volume because they played Arizona, who played really fast paced, and they had an overtime game. And Galladay was way behind Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson in terms of production. Week two, it swung back around. He was the legitimate number one, had a massive uh, target share, a massive air yard share, had the second highest weighted opportunity rating um, on, on the week. But We've seen that type of thing from him before. He's very good. The issue is just the passing volume in the whole offense. Yeah, he's had two good games. I, I don't think his situation has changed much at all from what I expected in, in preseason. Well, maybe not from what you expected, but based on where he was drafted, late fourth round, you know, with a lot of respect, but not this type of production. Like, is he moving? Is Kenny Galladay moving ahead of the Vikings wide receivers in your mind? No. Uh, they have moved behind him. <laughs> okay, so you take Galladay over, over. All right, difference of opinion there. All right, I like it. Would you rather have Kenny Galladay or Robert Woods? Robert Woods. Yeah, I'm still going to take Robert Woods. Okay, last guy in the uh, breakout list from JW. Yeah, I mean this one, <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, if he stays healthy, I mean he's going to top. He's the top five player, right? I mean, yep. You could make the case he's the fifth pick in the draft right now. Right. Yeah, and we haven't seen them go away from the run at all, and they're, they're going to keep running the ball a ton. Uh, his his yards per carry is going to come down a little bit. The 6.5 that he's averaging right now, obviously the 75-yard touchdown last week bumped that up a little bit. But when they do throw more, I still expect him to be involved in the passing game. He's going to be an every-down back. I mean, he played even more snaps in Week 2 than he did in Week 1. They're really leaning on him. Little added bonus for Dalvin Cook if you get there. His second game against Chicago, which would be his toughest matchup most likely, is not is Week 17. He plays Chicago in Week 4 and Week 17, so you can avoid the Bears there, which is also great news for Kirk Cousins, right? Uh, news and notes. Yeah. Yeah. The Chargers signed Lance Kendrick, and they lost Adrian Phillips for the season. So that's two, two safeties gone for the Chargers. That's a big deal. Uh, Patriots left tackle Isaiah Wynn. How do they have a season-ending injury every week? Yeah, and it's tough. It's... How do the Chargers have a season-ending injury every week? <laughs> every week of every season. Yeah, it's just like... 
I didn't even hear about this. Them and the Jaguars. Yeah, Adrian Phillips out for the year. That's tough. Uh, Isaiah Wynn on IR. So that's two Patriots offensive linemen, a left tackle and a center on IR. Does this matter at all, Heath, to the Patriots? I don't think it does this week. It could be a problem against good teams if Wynn doesn't get back before they play one. (laughs) True. Um, Denver cut CJ Anderson. Signed Paul Perkins. Ty Johnson could be the backup. You could look at him maybe in PPR leagues. And they we already talked, we already heard from Ben and Heath. This could hurt carry on Johnson because Johnson because Ty Johnson's more suited than CJ Anderson to catch passes. Dallas safety Xavier Woods is out four to six weeks. Minka Fitzpatrick's gonna play safety for Pittsburgh. Freddie Kitchens says Baker Mayfield is taking too many hits. Maybe he needs to get the ball out a little bit earlier. Maybe we need Jarvis Landry to run some shorter routes, Ben. I know that's something you want to talk about. We'll try to get to that segment in a bit. But right now, let's talk about the Jaguars hosting the Titans on Thursday night football. This should be an easy game to preview. Which running back do you like better? Which DST do you like better? Let's start with the running backs. Heath, Leonard Fournette, or Derrick Henry? These guys are really, really close for me this week. I'm not even sure who has a more difficult matchup. I love the fact that Fournette has been used so much in the passing game. I do definitely prefer him in any format where you're getting points for catches. Half PPR, full PPR, quarter PPR, double PPR. It doesn't matter. I will take Leonard Fournette in that format um, because I don't know that Derrick Henry is even going to catch a pass. But in, if you're talking non-PPR, I might just take Henry because I think he might have a little more production on the ground and just a little bit more likely to score a touchdown than Fournette is. So Heath has Fournette, you know, around 12th. And Dave and Jamie have him 17th, 18th in non-PPR and uh, 16th in PPR for Jamie, 14th for Dave. You know... Ben, do you think Fournette might be something less than a a must-start guy? I mean, look, he's top 20. I get that. But do you see a reason to maybe get away from Fournette? No, I would play him. I mean, they're at home. I think Heath hit it on the head. Fournette is playing way too many snaps for you to sit him. He played, I think, over 90% of the snaps last week. Uh, Didn't have a great rushing game again, and and maybe won't, as long as Gardner and Minshew's in there, be very efficient on the ground but he's going to get targets if they trail especially he got three in the fourth quarter when they were in comeback mode on sunday excuse me four targets three catches in the fourth quarter ended up with four catches for 40 yards especially in ppr if you're you know you're he had 12 and a half points i believe it was in ppr that that was like a floor game he ran for like 3.5 yards a carry and got some some targets late he's involved in every facet of the game he's a guy that i think you have to play all right, we'll start at like Austin Eckler over them. I'm trying to think of guys who were drafted later. Um, yeah, you're starting Austin Eckler over him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty I, much. Yeah, I would. I would start. Option. I'd start Carson over him. Chris Carson. Okay. Okay. Uh, over Fournette I or over both? I wouldn't. I would not. Carson lost snaps and and lost two fumbles and lost quite a few snaps because of it. And I'm a little bit concerned that that's going to cost him some more snaps going forward. Okay. So let's go to the wide receivers, and then we'll do the DSTs um, and Delaney Walker. But you've got D.D. Westbrook, who's 83% owned, D.J. Chark, 42%, Chris Conley, 4%. So far, Tennessee's been pretty good against wide receivers. Beckham had 7 for 71. Landry had 4 for 67. T.Y. Hilton had 4 for 43 and a touchdown. Uh, So would you start any wide receivers in this game? I don't want to. 
Okay, you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, I don't really either. So I don't. Nel- I don't really want to either. I, I think you can play Aguilar, Westbrook. Like like Nelson Aguilar would be better than all of them. Yeah, but Nelson Aguilar is going to be really good. How about both of the Chiefs waiver wire wide receivers, Hardman and Robinson? I would. I would not. I would. Why I, not? I don't. Heath. I don't like. That's not going to happen very often at all. The more likely situation is that one of that them. That happens is, every week. Patrick Mahomes plays. And, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like Sammy <laughs> Watkins and Travis Kelsey are going to score touchdowns this week. The more, far more likely situation is that one of Robinson or Hardman is not going to score four fantasy points this week. They do yeah, have huge ceilings. I agree with that. Patrick Mahomes set a career high in air yards last week. I agree with you. That's not going to happen every week. He was and chucking he the ball around even more than than usual. Oh, since the beginning of last year, they've not been near as aggressive at home. Now, maybe that will change in their first home game, but they have been far more aggressive. Mahomes has like 10 straight games on the road with three touchdown passes. He had a game last year at home where he didn't even throw a touchdown pass. So I, I'm not as excited about Hardman and Robinson as everyone else was. I think I got one of them on the waiver wire this week. I just, I think they're going to be frustrating to know when to start. Would you start Matt Breida over any wide receiver in this Tennessee-Jacksonville game? Over any wide receiver? Yeah, I think... I don't know that I would play any of these receivers over Matt Breida. Yeah. Um, In non-PPR, I would certainly start Matt Breida over all of the wide receivers. I'm trying to look. In PPR, it might be relatively close. Yeah, I'd rather start D.D. Westbrook than I would Breida in PPR. I'm a... And I, I made a tweet about this that was half a joke and half a nod to Ben and half serious about Matt Breida's usage um, because it was kind of a conflict between Matt Breida and uh, the trap concept. Breida's touches were not the type of touches that Ben prefers, and I think Ben's right about that. I th- I'm not sure I'm getting any anything out of that game, though, because it was a blowout, and then Jeff Wilson got those high-value touches, but they were in like a... 20-something point game in the fourth quarter. No, 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 Yes, yes, no, yes. No. I, his first high-value touches, two red zone carries, came before the game was a blowout. His second one came with like 14 Ooh. minutes left in the game, I believe when it was a 17-point game. Okay, that's a blowout. He got nine of his 10 carries in the fourth quarter. He got the other one with the last play of the third quarter. Or maybe there was one earlier than that for Jeff Wilson. But pretty much all of Wilson's work... His, earlier, two, his earlier touchdown came right after that highlight Matt Breida run where he where Breida looked like he was going to get tackled on the backfield, made a ton of ridiculous right, cutbacks yes. and gained like 34 yards, and then he needed a breather. So he, I, I don't know if I'm reading that much into that. He had two first-half carries two. inside okay. the 10-yard line. Which Ben just told you about. I, I'm okay. not taking He had another carry in the third quarter that was in the red zone. Late he had in the another third carry quarter. in the – all right. The first play of the fourth quarter in the red it's two. It's one game. It's one game. I think I think the score has something to do with it. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, Frank Gore. Okay, let's finish up on this. I, I, I hate this game. This game sucks. Frank Gore or uh, a wide receiver in this game? All cool. the wide receivers. I, I will never play a 36-year-old running back. I refuse to. And you know, I, I, I played Adrian Peterson in DFS last week. I'm going to play a little bit of Frank Gore this week. Uh, it's, old, it's the year of the old guy. Tom Brady's going to be a top three quarterback. Larry Fitzgerald's going to be a top 10 wide receiver again. You got to stop hating on the old guys. Um, in PPR, I'd rather play any of the receivers. In non-PPR, I'd rather play Frank Gore. Uh, that's contingent on I Singletary think if you have... being out. He didn't need Singletary to be out last week. I'm asking. No. No? Okay. Delaney Walker, seventh... <laughs> For uh for Jamie, seventh for Heath, tenth for Dave. 
you you've got Mark Andrews and Darren Waller over Delaney Walker, but you've got him over Greg Olson. So that's interesting. And TJ Hawkinson. And we'll just wrap with that. And then the DSTs, I'll give the rankings. Uh, yeah, quick thoughts on, on Delaney Walker? It's fine. Start him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which DSTs? Like, there's I not mean, much this to game say. is awful. Like, the, the Titans are a low-volume pass offense with a ton of options. A.J. Brown is legit. Corey Davis is still there. They designed short targets and a run play for Adam Humphreys last week to try to get him more involved. Delaney Walker is the one you can trust the most for two reasons. One, he's probably going to be the best. And two, he plays tight end. So, you know, he's a little bit more valuable in fantasy. But I don't want any players on that offense or in that passing game. I don't want any players in the Jacksonville passing game. This game has like a 39 over under and I expect it to go under. I mean, I think this is going to be a really gross game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And I think you could, you know, you could look to at the Packers maybe. Um not for Heath. He's are you very low on the Packers DST or am I just not seeing them? Yeah, you need, you need to move am... the Packers up. They're twenty second. You gotta uh, move them up. Move them up. They've had two good games yeah, so I'm not far that interested the Broncos. In okay. Well these DSTs are both top twelve, Titans and Jaguars. But, you know, like the Bills, maybe you would pick them up. David Dave and Jamie have the Packers ahead of the Jaguars. Whatever you can look at the rankings. Bottom well, line I is, these are, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. I don't see any reason to get worried about the defenses if we don't want to play anybody on the offenses. Yeah, Jacksonville. Well, Jacksonville's DSD hasn't really been that good. I know they, but face, they're at home on a short week. They face this Kansas is the City dream setup for defenses. I don't think they forced a turnover yet. Uh, Tennessee has been good so far. Eight sacks, four picks in two games. Okay, we're done. That game. Is over. We are not talking about that game anymore. Instead, let's regulate. All right, here we go. From Bill, we started a dynasty league using a new platform, and our typical score setting, and uh, our typical score settings and standard in just about every league is minus two points for a fumble lost. However, the app that we use, the default scoring is minus three points for a fumble lost. In Monday Night Football last night, or Monday night, between the Jets and the Browns, Le'Veon Bell fumbled in the final moments of the game, which caused me to go down by less than a point. I noticed that I lost negative three for the fumble instead of negative two. The scoring settings were supposed to be just minus two for a fumble. So I messaged the commissioner, and he changed the score settings right away during the Monday Night Football game. This resulted in me then winning by less than a point. Obviously, the other manager realized the scoring was changed during the game, and now a few people in the league are in uproar over the scoring change. I believe that the rule change should be in effect, and I should get the W, and the updated league scoring should retroactively apply to Week 1 as well, which actually does not affect any outcomes in Week 1. Basically, should they retroactively change Week 2 because the scoring setting was not what they thought it was. It was minus three for fumbles instead of minus two. They had been under the assumption that it was minus two. This affects the outcome of a game. Ben, regulate. Yeah, I mean, I think if you change platforms and you already had all of your settings that you were doing for several years and you didn't necessarily go through with a fine-tooth comb and do a full audit on your scoring system and make sure that everything was exactly right, but there was never any discussion of changing something as weird as as a fumble lost to to be worth uh more or i guess worth less worth more against you than before then then yeah i think this is totally fine it was just a, a mistake a, a situation that comes up 
uh, I don't think you should be expected to to notice this change. And I don't think just because a different platform had different default settings that that you should be expected to change your rules to fit them when that wasn't the intention. So I think this is really obvious. You should change it. Yeah, Ben is correct, but his interpretation of the issue is incorrect. And so... <laughs> Exhibit A, we start the email with, we started a Dynasty League using a new platform. This is not, by understanding, a situation where they have had a league going on, had scoring settings, and then went to and moved it to a different platform. They started a Dynasty League but using they, a but new they platform. they thought Ooh. it was minus two. They the, thought it was minus two. It's always been minus two for a fumble. I don't care what you thought it was. There was never any, and I could be wrong about this, but assuming that my presumption that there was never any sort of communication sent from the commissioner saying it is negative two for a fumble lost, and just everyone in the league had it in their head that it was negative two, what if some guys thought it was negative one? How would they have ever known? They probably went to the rule page and looked to see how much it was, and it saw it was negative three. It may have been the reason they didn't draft Lamar Jackson because they were worried (laughs) about him fumbling too much. You started a league. These are the rules. You can't change the rules in the middle of the week because you don't like the rules that your stupid commissioner set up, and your commissioner should be fined for this action. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So I was incorrect. you're right. You're now not agreeing with him on anything. What's that? No. He, he, yeah, you said I was correct, but you're actually saying I'm incorrect. No, I, I, agree I, with you now. I agree with you had your interpretation of the question been correct, but it was not. And I agree with you and your interpretation as well. That's pretty good regulating right there. So you think that the, the results stand, that Le'Veon Bell loses three points the, for the fumble? The results stand. Yeah, They're they never new league. And this was never discussed. He's absolutely right. Someone might have went in and looked at the settings. I I read this as they already had a league and everyone knew what the scoring was. If this is a brand new league, okay, that's okay. these are the rules. Uh, that there you go. It's been regulated. Sorry about that. Oh. I thought for sure. I ew. I thought for sure that we were going to get an overturn there, but but we most certainly did not. All right. Look at my face on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. I desperately need a shave, okay? And I'm going to use, and this is the truth, Harry's razors. I have a Harry's razor, and it really, truly is the best blade I've used. It's just it's just better, okay? I'm not going to get into, you know, oh, it's this amazing shave experience. Like, it, you're shaving, okay? It's just a better shave. It's a closer, more comfortable shave. There's nothing fancy about it. It doesn't have, like, glider balls and all these crazy things that all these razors come out with now. That's why I'm not going to talk about it like that. It's a razor with a really sharp blade. It's simple and it works and it shaves my crazy face. I usually have a five o'clock shadow right after I shave, but when I started using Harry's razors, it's not like that anymore. You can see the results tonight, by the way, on HQ when I shave to actually go on, you know, a real video show. Um, So Harry's has quality durable blades at a fair price, $2 per blade. That's the other great thing about Harry's. It will save you a ton of money. So we've got a great offer for you. We've got this trial set, harrys.com slash FFT. You go to harrys.com slash FFT. You get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, smells great, with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. It's a terrific package. I've bought it for people before, for Father's Day, for things like that. Go to harrys.com slash FFT. Just get a better shave. It's terrific. harrys.com 
slash FFT to start shaving better today. That is going to do it for the video portion of Fantasy Football Today. You can see it at youtube.com slash today. Please check it out. We've got your iTunes reviews, your emails, your tweets. Uh, look at the most traded list and some more regulation coming right up. All right, so, you know, we got to talk about Lamar Jackson. I guess we did. We got to talk about Austin Eckler. What is Austin Eckler's trade value right now, Heath Cummings? Uh, that of a top 12 running back? Because I think he's probably going to be top six until Melvin Gordon returns, and then he's going to be somewhere in the range of 24 to 30 after Melvin Gordon returns. There may even be a week or two in between there where they're working Gordon in, and, and so he's like somewhere in between those two ranges. But if I'm looking at four or five more weeks of a top six running back, and then someone I'm starting as a low-end number two or flex after that, then uh, then I'd say he's a top 12 guy. Ben? That sounded high right away when you said that, and then I heard your case, and, and I completely agree. Austin Eckler's uh, workload right now is probably the most valuable in the entire NFL. I mean, it's it's right there. It, it, it might not be on the same level as Christian McCaffrey's, but McCaffrey obviously wasn't used very heavily in week two. He's getting an insane amount of high-value touches. He had a long screen pass. I think it was a 20, at least a 22-yarder that was called back due to a hold. Uh, he fumbled at the goal line. He very nearly had another multi-touchdown game in, in, in week two. It was like a disappointing outcome for him, and he was still over 20 PPR points. Yeah, so if you were going to sell high on Eckler, you know, because you fear the Melvin Gordon thing. It's also, there is still a chance that Melvin Gordon gets traded, which would be amazing for Eckler. But if you were going to sell him, I'm going to give you a name. Would you sell Eckler for Leonard Fournette? Yes. Yes? Ooh. Ooh. That's so close. That's that, That's right where I'd value him. I, I might even go as far as to say that depends on your record. How about I like that too. Aaron Jones? To finish his point real quick, if you're 0-2, you should keep Eckler. If you're 2-0, and yeah, you probably you probably go for Fournette. Who did you say? Aaron Jones? I would take Eckler over Aaron Jones. They The Packers last week, Jones had a breakout game, but he still only got 69% of the running back touches. Jamal Williams was heavily involved. The Packers got 39 touches for their running backs, which is tied for the second most in a game so far this year. The, the Niners... Huge game against Cincinnati in week two is the only game where a team had more than that, more running back touches than that combined. So a big reason Jones got so many touches was because the team was in a, a, a huge positive game script and got so many touches to the position. But he still gave up more than 30 percent of the touches to Jamal Williams. OK, Heath, uh, the top two players on the most traded list are Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. What do you suspect uh, going forward? Expect going forward uh yeah i would be if i had antonio brown on a team i would be trying to sell him um i don't if 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 you were telling me he plays the rest of the season with the patriots does not miss a game and does not have any problems then i'd probably rank him as a borderline top 12 wide receiver rest of season but there's so much uncertainty that I would be very, very happy if I could trade him for a top 18 guy. I, like, I wonder if you could trade Antonio Brown for Mike Evans. Mm, yeah, well, Mike Evans is third on the most traded list. Stefan Diggs is fourth. Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson are fifth and sixth. And Ben, I'll let you talk about them. Waller and Hawkinson, who would you rather have rest of season? Oh, Waller by a pretty considerable amount, too. I think that offense will probably throw more 
and he's locked in as the the second receiving option or maybe like the 1B to to Tyrell Williams. They got Hunter Renfro a little bit more involved this week, but through two weeks, it's really clear that it's Williams and Waller that are their main guys. Obviously, Carr targeted Jared Cook a ton last year, made him, I think, a top six uh, uh, tight end in both formats. Definitely like Waller. Hawkinson, I don't dislike, but he's in a, a lower volume offense. There's more target options. Danny Amendola, like I mentioned earlier in the show, had a bigger week one game even. They just had a lot of volume go around, and he can be that kind of Golden Tate option and steal some targets. Uh, I think Hawkinson's week two was like he went from a, a best case week one to like a worst case week two, and he'll still be fine, but he's not on Waller's level. Okay. 15 targets and two games for Darren Waller. And yeah, who else are they going to throw to? So let's read some emails, some tweets, and some iTunes reviews, and we'll finish with the regulators. This one comes from Jason. Dear Damian, LaShawn, Darwin, and Daryl, should we be stashing Daryl Williams? We don't know the status of Damian Williams or LaShawn McCoy, but who's to say Daryl Williams doesn't get enough work to be an RB2 or a flex? Last year, we were all on the Spencer Ware train, and then Damian Williams became the guy. Heath? I think if it was a... Like we're talking about week three, we find out both Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy are out. I would anticipate more touches in the game for Daryl Williams. He doesn't have the same upside that Darwin Thompson does. I'm not sure he's going to get the same uh, high value touches that Darwin Thompson does. The the bigger problem is that if we're talking about LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams being out, this team for the most part has not done a very good job generating push with their offensive line in the running game. And they face the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm not sure I would want to start him anyway. In a PPR league, this is from John in California. In a PPR league, would you play Devin Smith against Miami or Will Fuller at the Chargers if your opponent is starting Dak Prescott? Would you get Cowboys receiver Devin Smith or Will Fuller? Devin Smith's an interesting uh, like GPP play in DFS, certainly. I mean, he, he got a couple targets after Gallup went out, and he had the long touchdown before when Gallup was still in the game. But there's no way you should be starting him over Will Fuller. Keep the faith with Will Fuller. He's very good. He's playing over 90% of the snaps still, even with Kiki Cutie's return. Uh, Cutie and Stills kind of rotated snaps. Fuller was still a full-time guy. Fully expect him to still have a good year. Yeah, I, I don't know that there will be much difference between the two of them personally, but I'm not as high on Will Fuller as Ben is. I do think that Will Fuller is very good. I am encouraged by the number of snaps he's playing. I just... I kind of view him as a rich man version of what I said about the Chiefs wide receivers. I don't ever know when those five targets are going to mean 130 yards and two touchdowns and when they're going to mean three catches for 50 yards and no touchdowns. From but Brandon, I mean, DeAndre uh, so. Hopkins also had a down game last week. How often do you think that Deshaun Watson is going to throw a front or 200 yards? That was a rare game. Right. No, it was a rare game. But like this is just I just the difference is DeAndre Hopkins is going to get double digit targets every week. Okay. Well, I don't see Will Fuller, if everyone's healthy, getting more than six hardly ever. Next up, sure. Brandon, non-PPR, Brita or Fournette? What? Yeah, Fournette. Fournette. Okay, from Kevin. Uh, I was listening to the Sunday night podcast while driving to work, and I felt compelled to pull over and email you after hearing the Devin single-touch nickname to recommend that you switch it to Devin single-carry instead. Heath, you cool with that? Excellent. Yeah. yeah, it's a big Absolutely. upgrade. Big upgrade. Heath, terrible. Single touch was terrible. Now it's that was Jamie. How, how did you leave that on the table? Single carry. Was, That's... It was. It was Jamie. Jamie. Jamie was the one that said it. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, John, then I'll yell at Jamie tomorrow. Two uh, QB league. Would you drop Kirk Cousins for Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, or Mason Rudolph? 
This is from Joel. <laughs> That's a great question because Kirk Cousins is he looked bad and he's not going to throw a lot. Uh, he's going to have some decent games, but what's the upside in that offense? I think Daniel Jones has plenty of upside, and I, I might I might drop him for Daniel Jones. Who who were the three? Minshew, Jones, and Rudolph. I have both Minshew and Jones ranked higher than Cousins this week. Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones with, like, Sterling Shepard better play. If Sterling Shepard does not play, then Daniel Jones is not going to have a good game. Like, I just, they have the worst receivers in football without Sterling Shepard. And I know Shepard's not amazing, but he is compared to the other guys. Yeah, but Jones can move a little bit. He might little, run 50 yeah. yards. I, I, maybe. Maybe he could. All right. Uh, from, from, let's see, Nick. I have Mixon and Henry. So who can I grab off waivers? Who should I grab off waivers in PPR? Mostert, Hyde, Peyton Barber, or Gore? Hyde or Mostert. But I think, you know, when we're talking about off waivers, Hyde did play a lot. And, and he's like looks like their feature back. I don't love his... Uh, hit the 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 touch mix that he's getting. It's just all low value rushes, but twenty carries. He's gonna get touches. Question here from iTunes: Should I stop starting Stefan Diggs as my wide receiver too? My other options are Allen Robinson and Larry Fitzgerald. I'd much rather start Larry Fitzgerald this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean those are both good options. I, I do want to talk about Diggs for a quick second. One catch on seven targets. It was a long touchdown. He also had an uncharacteristic drop that was a little bit high and behind him that would have been a big play. Kirk Cousins missed him on like a 50-yard pass where he was wide open on a huge third down in the fourth quarter. It could have had another big play. And he had that touchdown right before half overturned because of the review that was called offensive pass interference that pretty much everyone has, has declared shouldn't have been overturned. He was very close to like a 25-point PPR day if he gets a couple more of those big plays. Uh, this is from iTunes as well. Give up. Hopkins. No, no. Give up Carson Cooks and AJ Green. Carson Cooks and AJ Green. Get Mixon, Hopkins, and James Washington. Ooh, that's a lot. I don't Say it again. You give up Carson Cooks and AJ Green. You get Mixon, Hopkins, and James Washington. I don't like it. I like getting Hopkins in that deal. Actually, I think I do like it. Yeah, I'm trying to think because I like I think you could almost call Carson and Mixon a wash right now. Okay, if you did that, then you're giving up Brandon Cooks and AJ Green for Hopkins and James Washington. And I don't think I like that. Did you talk about the AJ Green quote yesterday no. on the uh, podcast? Uh huh. He basically said he wasn't sure where everyone got the six to eight week timetable from the time he got hurt, and that it was definitely going to be longer than that. Oh God, I did not even see that. I it um it was tweeted by um John Daigle who works for Roto World. And this quote from AJ Green, I don't know where reporters got 6 to 8 weeks from. It's going to be longer than that. It's just one of those things that has to heal on its own. Yikes. Okay, then I would do but this trade. But we are at 7 weeks. Cuz like you said, Heath, it's from when the injury occurred right. that, yes. he, that the, the question was referencing. Well, then I won't I, do this trade. Because he's still within the timetable, we thought. I don't know. What do you I, think? What do you think? We got. We. we, we, we what do you it think? It makes me think he's not coming back before week four. That's fine. So would you give up or Cooks five. and Green five. for Sorry, Hopkins five. and Washington? I'll take the Hopkins side. Yeah, I would too. I think Hopkins is that good. Brandon Cooks is good, but yeah, I think 
think you take the Hopkins side. James Washington has upside with Mason Rudolph. They played together in college. I mean, Dante Moncrief got benched. Like he's yeah, not a, he's I, not a, a nothing. I, okay. Like th- th- this week is the James Washington played with Mason Rudolph in college thing is definitely going to become the Ryan Fitzpatrick yep. went to Harvard thing. <laughs> yep. All right, this is uh, last one from iTunes. Give up Wentz, Hilton, and Tariq Cohen. Wentz, Hilton, and Cohen get Mayfield, Eckler, Melvin Gordon, and Sterling Shepard. I do that. Yeah, that one's a good one. Yeah. Uh, yes. Don't <laughs> sigh. Don't. I, I can't even remember who all the players were. You got Eckler. That's that's all that matters. Yeah. He got Eckler. He wins okay. the trade. And, and Melvin Gordon. I know it's and a quarterback downgrade, though. I mean, Wentz to Mayfield looks like a downgrade right now. All right, we're going to end the show with, I just think, a very, like, sad situation, guys. I don't even know, like, how to do it. I shouldn't even play the music because I'm so sad. From Anthony. I'm in a a 10-team league with my best buds in the world. That's kind of what makes this so difficult. Our commissioner was selected by all of us to take on his role six years ago because he was the uh, most obvious pick to run this league the way it should be. We all take fantasy very seriously. Money is involved. A lot of time is given. And even in the offseason, we can't stop talking about it. That being said, I host about 14 to 18 people at my house every Sunday. It's my football family. Most of the guys in the league are in attendance weekly. This past Sunday, I was matched up against the commissioner, my cousin. Sunday morning, we went golfing before the 1 o'clock games. And the whole time, we talked fantasy. Who to start, etc., etc. He was very concerned about who to flex against me. He wouldn't stop talking about it. His options were Josh Gordon, Carrion Johnson, and John Brown. I, too, was stressing on who to start, Antonio Brown or James White. We both laughed as we assumed we both were going to make mistakes during and start the wrong guy. So we get to my house. Food's on the table. The 1 o'clock game start. Fantasy points are going everywhere. We're all by our phones, refreshing to see every point scored. It's a tight matchup between us. As we're eating, the commissioner shouts at me as Carrion Johnson gets a touchdown. He says, oh, great. Carrion got a touchdown. As soon as he said that, I instantly opened the matchup to see if he started him over the others, and he did not. He started Josh Gordon, who was at zero points. Carrion had 13.5 points at the time. We continue to watch. More points come here and there, and our matchup is still close. It was a point where we both had around 50 points. The commissioner then asked me to use my computer quickly for a work-related thing. I said, of course. I signed him in, and I left him at the computer. As the games went on, I'm still refreshing my phone like a hawk watching points. Then it happened. Out of nowhere, his team jumped up by a 13.5-point margin. We were watching Red Zone, and I would have known if someone broke off for a big touchdown, but nothing happened. He was still sitting there by the computer. I then scrolled through our matchup, and I noticed that Josh Gordon was on his bench and Carrion Johnson was in his flex spot. I knew, I knew, I knew his flex situation based off how much he talked about it during golf how he pointed out Carrion's touchdown with no celebration, and just because I've been watching our matchup all day. I called him out in front of everyone, claiming he made the swap behind everyone's back after Carrion got a touchdown and Gordon was sitting at zero points. He refused. He denied everything. He said he had him in his lineup the whole time, and that's why he pointed out Carrion Johnson's touchdown, which in fact put him in his grave because that's the call out that made me check if he started him or not in the first place. I was fuming. We all take it seriously. I knew he tampered with his lineup. I was going back and forth, calling him out in front of all the other guys because I'm really the only one who could defend myself here. After he kept the front up for an hour, he finally turned around and said, okay, sign me back into your computer. 
He admitted to making the change because he claimed he thought he started carry-on. And when he saw the touchdown, he checked his lineup and somehow he wasn't there, which was BS considering how much he thought he put in how much thought he put into the lineup. He did the right thing and he made the change, but he claimed that he had John Brown in and not Josh Gordon. So he put John Brown in. I was shocked enough that I admitted that that he admitted to it that I simply said, whatever, man, put John Brown in when I knew he started Gordon. Anyway, I would have won no matter who he started, but we cannot think of a punishment for this dishonest commissioner. Those are my words. Um, maybe he gets 10th waiver priority for next four weeks. He must post a screenshot of his lineup every week, and he must put Gordon back into his lineup for overall points scored. Please help us regulate. How is this guy the be- the clear-cut best option to be your commissioner? This like, how really shady bad. are everyone else in the league? This is bad. Uh, step one, before, like, we'll figure out the punishment later. This is not a punishment. This is just an integrity of the league matter. This guy must immediately lose his commissioner privileges. <laughs> I don't care who the commissioner is. It will not be him ever. As yeah. soon as he's not yep. commissioner, I would kick his ass out of the league. <laughs> I, I, I know you would. Assuming you don't want to do that, um, I would probably give him a postseason ban. Whoa. Really? You really, and really would do that? They're all more serious this is than his this. cousin. This is his cousin. Yeah. I understand. I, I support I it. I don't disagree. I support I mean, it. I, I think this is a cut. Like, if he wasn't arguing with him for an hour, this slides. Like, you can't let this kind of thing happen. He had to really fight it before the guy finally admitted and it. And he still lied. And he still cheated, yeah. right? He went with John Brown in. Unbelievable. I, this is, this is a, an egregious fantasy offense. And I, I agree. I, I think you it's a borderline <laughs> kick out of the league thing. And if I like he's postseason ban because if he turns around and wins money – in this money league this year, that's a that would be a really tough pill for everyone else to swallow. You are out of the postseason, cousin. You are out, and you better still set a lineup and take it seriously. Don't you go tanking, because then you're then we're kicking you out of the league and out of the family. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are the regulators. Wait, wait, what? wait! I thought of a much better punishment. Okay, I'm taking it back. Every week. After the three, the noon games, his opponent gets to make one lineup swap oh. with his roster. Oh, they get man. to change one person in his Can roster. Can it just be the flex? In memory of what he did. It has to just be the flex. No. It could be anything. Well, it can't be a quarterback. could be anything. I Literally support, the best I like the option that he had. The, the best performer he has every week would get benched. Yep. That would be tough. <laughs> All right. You guys decide in your league. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.